Welcome, friend. I hope you're well. You're listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast, where I regale you with stories of all things paranormal. Now, whether these stories come from my listeners, my own personal and family experience, or fictional stories from my own imagination, all stories you'll hear here are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. If you're listening on a rating-supported platform, like Apple iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. If you have a scary story of your own, reach out at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. And share your story with me. You might even hear it on a future episode. Now, sit back, relax, and spend a moment or two here in my world. I'm Mr. X, and welcome to my dreams. This episode is a part of a series of my older recordings I did for the Mr. X Dreams YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, please excuse references to YouTube and subscribers and things like that. Consider it a relic of the past. If you're the type to prefer visuals along with your stories, I usually put artwork and motion graphics to go along with the experience. You can find those videos over at youtube.com by searching Mr. X Dreams. We'll talk again soon. Hello there, my friends. Mr. X Dreams here. Um, real quick before I get into this video, I did not expect to go into as much depth with these dreams I'm going to talk about as I was, uh, as I ended up doing. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is a super laid back video, very little editing, very little um, production, but I just wanted to get in front of the microphone, talk to you guys for a little bit and uh, give you something to listen to. And one thing I also wanted to make sure I did was give a shout out and a thank you to all the people out there right now who are essential employees in quotation marks but people that are out there braving all the chaos and making sure that our world is continuing to run as best it can. I hope those people get taken care of better than what I'm hearing. I hope that they stay safe and that they're provided every opportunity to make sure that they're safe, that their families are safe and taken care of. And um, if you're suffering from or you know someone who's suffering from anything uh, related to the pandemonium that's going on right now. I I do wish you the best, and I want I want you to know that that we're all in this together. And like you'll hear me say later on in the video, be concerned, be aware, be cognizant. Doesn't mean you have to panic. Doesn't mean you have to be worried and overly stressed about the situation. Just do your best and try to encourage those around you to do the best that they can as well. I mean, there's really not much I can say about it other than that. And um, I wish you all the best. Like I said, this is a super chilled out, relaxed, sort of, uh, not rambly, but I do go into depth and detail with a lot of the dreams that I'm talking about. And I hope you enjoy it. So, uh. There you go. I'll see you uh, again soon. If you want to see me a little bit more often, I say it a couple times in the video, but go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you leave a like, uh, subscribe if you haven't already to the channel. I know it's few and far between, but I haven't given up on the channel just yet. And yeah, enjoy the video and take care, my friends. Later. All right. Hello there, my friends. Mr. X Dreams here. I know it's been a while and uh, everything's all crazy these days, but I wanted to talk to you all. It's been a lot on my mind. If you follow me on social media, you probably realize some of the things that are on my mind. I'm thinking about making a different channel, focusing on something that I'm a little bit more passionate about these days than the scary story type stuff. There's other kinds of scary things out there in the world that i kind of been feeling like talking about. And uh, if you don't know what I mean right now, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, those types of places, and you'll catch up pretty quickly. But in the meantime, since we're all 
probably bored out of our minds for the most part. Unfortunately, I have to keep going to work in these times. I'm one of those lucky individuals that are gifted with the uh, title of essential because of what I do for a living, for those of you who are aware. And uh, so my days are pretty well occupied, but I know there's lots of you that are kind of stuck at home in a lot of places. And I wanted to give you guys something to listen to for a little bit. So I have about four or five dreams slash nightmares that I've sort of chronicled over the past few months. The most recent one being last night. A lot of strange multiversal elements in my dreams of, of, uh, as of late. And some of them are downright bizarre. And, uh, the last one I'm saving for last is the most unusual, one of the most unusual and kind of so crazy and disturbing that it's actually kind of funny situations I've ever been in, in a dream. And if you want a sneak peek, uh, it's, uh, I was a detective tracking down, uh, trying to solve the murder of Donald Duck's gay cousin. And that's that's going to be the story that I'll save to the very end. Uh, there's several dreams, some emotional stuff here, some multiversal stuff. And I'm going to talk about every one of them. And I think it might be of interest. So I'll start with the first one. Uh, by the way, Hope you're all doing well. I hope everybody's staying safe during this pandemic event. And uh, I know a lot of the news is crazy and you kind of have to unplug once in a while from, from this stuff. And this is my best attempt at giving you a reason to do that. Even if it's just for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, maybe more. Let's see how long-winded I get. After all, there are about four or five dreams that I want to talk about today. So, dream number one just happened last night. In order to really explain this to you, I kind of have to set up the situation, the world, as I observed it. This is one of those times where the dream has kind of a story hidden in the very appearance of the world that I find myself in. It's not just what happens to me during the dream, but also what I see around me in the situation and the world in which I am inhabiting. And during the dream, obviously, I don't, I'm not aware that I'm dreaming in these cases. I just happen to live in a vastly different and fascinating world. So in this case, as far as I was aware, Humanity existed in these gigantic structures called cartridges, and I was only aware of one particular cartridge. So a cartridge, and this is something that was kind of just innate knowledge in the dream, it was a part of the world that I was in, a cartridge is basically a large rectangular structure. It's made of some kind of, almost like magnesium, like an almost white metallic uh, substance that is that is used to construct these rectangular kind of long uh, tall structures that were embedded in mountains so it was almost like imagine a vault if you ever played fallout these things were kind of like vaults meant to safeguard humanity because of some unknown reason and uh, in in the context of the dream we knew that the earth outside, the normal outside open air, was not safe for human beings to live. And we basically were forced to exist for generations. It was at least a couple hundred years because nobody alive in the cartridge was aware of exactly what was outside of the cartridge. We were all just living in there, in, in almost like a vertically arranged city embedded deep in, within this mountain. But the weird thing was that an entire wall 
of that city. Like there were different levels. You walk upstairs and, um, or take elevators, these gigantic elevators to go up different, up and down different levels of this vertically arranged rectangular city. But there was kind of a glass window along one side of it going throughout the entire, the entire city. And if you look out the glass window, you would think because we're embedded in a mountain, you would just see rock or something like that. But there was just a void there. It was complete emptiness and just a, a red glow. It was almost as if there was just empty space or a pocket dimension or something. I really have no idea what it was. But where we should have seen the inside, the interior of this deep rock that we were embedded in, there was nothingness and a red, like a point of red light, almost like there was some kind of sun or light, uh, light giving structure deep hidden deep within that abyss. It was definitely not solid. It was just like empty space. So there were different levels to this city, which we called the cartridge. There were levels where people sleep and live. There were levels where you go to, to eat. Everybody gets the same food. Um, there were people, I, I knew the people who were preparing the food and cooking. Everything was kind of just dim and dark. It was pretty clean, but it was not a very pleasant experience. It was, it was just cold and kind of dank. And our leader, we kind of had a I don't know if it was a, an elected leader or a president or what have you, but the, the leader was a man called the blacksmith. And the blacksmith made all the decisions, all the major decisions. And it was a relatively young guy, so maybe it, was, it could have been somebody who inherited that position or somebody that everyone just liked and elected him to be the blacksmith. But it was kind of a, a, a position of leadership. So... One day, and in this particular day, I've, I only lived one day in this world, but I kind of knew a lot about the world itself. I knew that the surface of the earth was not a place where we could really survive, or so I was told growing up. But one day the blacksmith announced that they would be sending out dropships into the surface world to see if, uh, to assess the conditions of, of earth and the land to see if we could survive up there again, implying that we had been there hiding for some reason and it was about time to, to go back out into the wilderness. And I volunteered along with a friend of mine, this really skinny gentleman that I knew. He and I decided we would pilot a dropship together and investigate this unknown mysterious land of Earth above and outside of the cartridge. So, after being approved to participate in this, in this expedition, we ascended all the way to the very top of the cartridge, and up there we were able to climb into these sort of submarine-like, or it, it looked like a cross between a submarine and a hot air balloon. It was an open bottom, and there were kind of these pulley, this pulley system that would eventually allow us to steer this craft once it's launched up out of the top of the cartridge. So, that's what we would be using to explore. And I have no idea how we planned on getting back into the cartridge because it was a gigantic structure situated basically at the crest of a gigantic mountain. So, we got up there, we loaded into this dropship, and there were several of them launched at the same time. We all launched, and it's, it was almost like a, like natural gas or pressure. There was no fire or anything like that. Uh, no rocket engines, nothing like that. So we were launched out in, I think, maybe six different, uh, I think it was about six different uh, dropships that were launched out. And my friend, I don't know his name, was basically steering the ship using the pulley system. And I remember 
seeing daylight for probably the first time in my life because it was to me although i've seen it you know hundreds and hundreds of times in in real life when i when we launched in that dropship and exited the cartridge i saw the outside of the cartridge for the first time it was just this gleaming blocky rectangular metal structure and i remember being kind of awed by it but the next thing i saw was even more awesome which was nature and the wilderness and we were sort of just launched into this blue sky and a landscape of trees and rocks and just natural beauty it was it was amazing i was i was dumbstruck by it and i believe my friend was so dumbstruck by it as well that he almost he kind of just forgot what he was doing and i saw i looked at him with this excitement and i noticed he was falling he began to fall down out of the aircraft and we were hundreds of feet in the air and as he fell i dove to grab his ankle and i was able to catch him and i actually pulled him back up into the into the dropship and i told him i was like man you're lucky you're so skinny otherwise i wouldn't have been able to pull you up you would have fallen to your death and luckily he was able to regain control and safely although it was a little bit of a rough landing he was able to regain control enough to uh, crash land us and not get us killed and unfortunately i woke up just as we were sort of coming to our senses and taking in the environment around us but one thing i remember was that there was no i didn't see a single hint of any kind of animal life i saw grass and i did see grass and trees and things like that but no living creatures other than ourselves just walking around and exploring there for the first time so it made me wonder after i woke up i was i was this was one of those dreams that left me thinking man what kind of world was that i wonder what happened what were we hiding from and why there was no life in a place that seemed like it would be teeming with life it was, this place was a beautiful lush pasture and like forest wilderness that you would think there would be some kind of animals running around if not just dragonflies or butterflies or lizards or something it almost looked like a a scene of if you ever see like shots of new zealand or scotland or ireland or something like that but it was just pretty much it was complete silence other than the wind and it 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 just left me with this beautiful but stark and sterile image in my mind and uh it also struck me as a place that could have really been another world of some sort a situation where a lot of people i posted this on instagram kind of a summary of it and people are asking me if i ever heard of the hollow earth theory imagine if there if there are many worlds there could be a world like that a world that for some reason became so hostile to us that we had to retreat inside and this definitely is not i mean we have no reason to believe that the world that we live on in this world in this dimension or what have you this universe is a hollow earth no reason that i know of anyway and certainly not to the extent that it was in my dream which was that the earth is hollow as soon as you bury it d- dig down into a mountain you'll just see this empty expanse like a this empty void i'm pretty sure that's not the situation we have down here but i can imagine there being a world where a universe where that is the case and these dreams being a a slight gateway or a window a glimpse into those alternate worlds those alternate realities as you well know i'm i'm very much a skeptical person but i also like to uh, think of myself as someone who's humble enough to admit that anything is possible and i think it's an interesting thought and now that i realize it's been about 18 minutes and i've only gotten through one dream uh, i hope you enjoy the sound of my voice because i'm going to be keeping you company for quite a while
I've got a few more dreams to share. All right, so I figured I haven't been around in a while, and it's I'm a little rusty, I have to say. So this next dream is kind of a segue. It's It has to do with multiple worlds, multiple universes, and glimpses into those worlds. And it's kind of a short and simple one, but I wanted to share it because it it's it it's kind of it connects these multiple world side of the th- of the it's sort of a bridge between the previous dream and the next one I want to talk about so it was a dream where I was with my family my my nuclear family from my youth my father my sisters and my brother and this was a couple, uh, a month or two after my mom passed, which was last year, December. And we were sort of in a in a town square, like a almost a picturesque town, almost like a Sesame Street type of uh, setting. It's not the first time I've been in a in a weirdly compact town like that. But the first time I'd been a place like that with my family in a dream. So we were kind of just walking around, talking and reminiscing because apparently we had visited that town once when my mom was alive. And we had memories about her being there, our visit with her being there. And I walked over to a particular bench in the dream that... I remembered sitting down and talking, hanging out with my mom and having just a tender moment or two with her there. So with that thought in my mind, I sat down on the bench. And as soon as I sat down, my mom appeared next to me on the bench. And it was as if I was transported to that moment in time when we were there visiting, the time that I was previously reminiscing on, because the rest of my family members had vanished. I was different, my clothes were different, and even the time of day was different. It was like a, kind of like a, the sky changed. The sky was blue when I was there with the rest of my family, and then it was kind of an orange color when I was, when I saw my mom. And I was sitting, I was sitting there on the bench and my, my timeline kept switching back and forth to where I was sitting by myself on the bench and my family was nearby. My, my dad and my sister and my brothers, my sisters and my brother were nearby talking amongst themselves and trying to talk to me. I would switch between that and being where it's just me and my mom sitting on the bench. And it switched back and forth so many times that I started to be unsure of what the right time really was. I started to wonder and ask myself, am I younger and talking to my mom right now? Or am I older and my mom has passed and I'm here with the rest of my family? It was a really bizarre feeling because I kind of became lost in time. And it's really, it's really strange. I mean, she was sitting next to me laughing and we were joking around. We were in the middle of that. But then suddenly she'd be gone and I'd be with the rest of them, my other family members. And I, I really remember not being sure what timeline I wanted to be in. So that's another one of those moments in my, in my dreams that I sort of had this experience of being torn between two dimensions. Or imagine like one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows of all time, Cowboy Bebop, where there's a character in there, Spike, that mentions one of his eyes sees the past and one sees the future. Imagine being in two times simultaneously 
and experiencing those in such a way that you're not even sure where you belong, like which one is real, if they're both real, or if neither of them are real. Very interesting experience, and uh, it actually, in, in a way, was one of those dreams that helped me deal with the loss of my mother. So, speaking of which, there was another dream that went quite a ways in making me realize how fortunate my family and I were to have the time with my mother that we did have. And I believe I, I might have said, I, I might have told a version of this story somewhere online. If you follow my social media, my Twitter, Instagram, I might have told it to some extent, but now I'll tell, I'll tell it in its full uh, context. So, again, this is, and uh, that the previous dream segues into this one in that it's, it deals with the, the loss of my mother. In this dream, Dream number three. A couple of months after my mother passed. This dream, I was visiting my dad. And just a normal, normal visit. I went into the living room and noticed some blankets strewn over the couch. I had this weird sinking feeling in my heart as I kind of walked around the couch to see what was going on. I just, I knew something was off because I knew that my mother had passed. And having blankets all over the couch was a clear sign that she was just laying there in, in, in her life. That's a common thing that she did toward her last days. And when I walked around to the other side of the couch, I noticed my mom was there, resting on the couch. And... I basically stood there dumbfounded as she woke up, and she kind of sat up a little bit. Uh, she was still sick and very frail, but she was she looked pretty healthy, and she looked like almost like everything was going to be okay. And there was a time where we where we really believed that that was the case; that she was going to be up and walking around. And unfortunately, it didn't play out that way in real life. But in this dream, I I was crying, saying that I thought she was dead. I thought that the, she was not here anymore, and I was confused and I was wondering how that could how it could be possible that she's there. And she, I I I kissed her cheek. And I was, I was so upset, but so relieved, and I was willing to throw myself into this new reality. But when I kissed her cheek, I noticed that her cheek was, was wet with sweat, like she, her face was sweating. And I asked her about it, and she said she was hot, so I helped her take off these blankets that were, that were draped over her body. So I couldn't... Eventually, I, I realized I had to say something. I had to really understand what was going on. So I kept saying how confused I was because she died. I was saying, wait, Mom, this how can you really, really, how can you be here? You, you died. I know you, di you died. What happened? How is this possible? And the more I pressed her on this, the less the less lively her voice became. She started speaking in kind of this, these muted and monotone ways. And eventually, she kind of had this... She kind of said to me, like, all right, forget it. I, I knew this wasn't going to work. And with that, she actually sat up and just stood up which is something my mother could not have done in the last couple of months of her life. She stood up and started walking out the back door of the house. And as she walked, she slowly began to kind of shrink. And I was not I was I was completely confused. I was following her like a like a puppy dog because I wanted so badly to believe that my mom had come back to life and that everything was going to be okay 
and uh, and I didn't have my life wasn't going to change the way I thought it did but the longer I followed her the smaller and more fragile she became and it turned it seemed like she was transforming and before long shortly after she exited the back door and went into the backyard I noticed that she had she had actually transformed into a small girl a girl who looked nothing like her it was actually a, a young like a small maybe eight-year-old white girl is what she turned into and as as I was as she was walking I was asking her what is going on what is this and she was saying that she knew my family wouldn't care about her if they found out. And meaning that if we found out that she wasn't really my mom, we wouldn't we wouldn't care about her. We wouldn't take her in. And I and I told her I was saying what is what did you do? I I so I wanted to believe that my mom was back, that my mom was alive. And I wanted to I wanted to just kind of give myself to this other world and this this girl was just sort of so dejected looking she was like I said maybe 8 or 10 years old she had this mangy kind of used to be blonde hair but it was just it was just dirty and there were leaves and pieces of leaves lodged in her hair she was wearing rags and she just kept saying she knew that we wouldn't like her. She knew we wouldn't like her. And I was trying to tell her, you know, what, what you're doing, what you did was wrong. My family is grieving. Why, how could you do that to us? And she just looked at me staring with, with, with kind of, it was kind of remorse in her eyes, but it it wasn't remorse for what she did. It was like remorse for not being accepted. If you if if you follow me, and the last thing she said to me was something along the lines of, "I just wanted a family. I just wanted people to to love me. I wanted a family." And as she was saying this, she was uh, she was walking out to a tree in the backyard, and she pulled a, a a vine, a long vine from the tree, and wrapped it around her neck, and somehow she was able to to hang herself in the tree, and for some reason I couldn't stop her. I was telling her I was like, "Hey, whoa, whoa! You don't have to do that. What are you doing?" And she was the whole time she was just telling me. You, I knew you would not you wouldn't like me I just wanted a family and she just calmly with with no no emotion in her eyes she hung herself and I just saw her die in the tree and I woke up shortly after that and I have to tell you the the feeling of of bewilderment that I felt. I was at a complete loss for words and on the verge of tears because of the sheer emotional roller coaster I had just been through. I wanted my mom to be alive, but then suddenly I was trying to juggle those emotions with stopping a, a small, what looked to be a girl of some sort, even though she was some kind of shapeshifter, and she tried to infiltrate her way into my family and preying upon our our fresh grief. It was a terrible situation, but I didn't want her to die. And it was just such a strange feeling and experience to see. It was heartbreaking to see her do that and um, take her life, whatever she was. It, it was not something that made me happy or anything like that. So... That was that dream. I don't, I don't get any particular multiverse vibes about it because it's simply. I I I think it would be really crazy, if there were such types of people, shapeshifters who could actually, 
mimic another person's uh, another person's complete appearance and voice. And and I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the reason one of the reasons why I started to become suspicious of of her was because the just the way she didn't she knew exactly what my mom looked like, but she didn't appear to know who my mom really was. So the way she was answering my questions and, and conversing with me was just not natural. It wasn't the emotional energy that my mom is known for and that I know being her son to expect. And that coupled with the fact that she was sweating profusely and it, it, I was just I was just thinking there's there's got to be something wrong here. And I, but I I was so I was so ready to accept it, but I just couldn't. I could not. I wanted to accept it, but I could not accept the that false reality. And that kind of taught me a lot about myself when it comes to the grief of losing my mother. That I I would rather I would rather be skeptical and look into something that I was hoping for and just longing to have my mother back so much but yet if given the opportunity if something was off about it I, I still pressed and prodded until I saw the truth and uh, I'd like to think I learned a lesson about who I truly am when I had this dream One dream that I did not learn that much from because it was just so insane is the last dream I'll share with you in this in this video. So, and I I wanted to give you one that's I know I just talked about my 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 late mother in the last two dreams, but for a little bit of levity because these are trying times and it's a, a lot of depressing stuff going around. I wanted to share with you uh, one of my strangest and most and most unintelligible dreams that are I mean it's it might seem unintelligible on the surface but there is like there's so much logic and realism to it that I could not it, it could this could be a multiverse dream is what I'm trying to say it's not so unusual and so crazy that it just makes no sense and nothing nothing about it makes sense they're all it it obeys its own rules it has a world with rules but those rules are just insane and um so as with most of my dreams there was kind of there's kind of just an understood an innate knowledge of the world itself and what's going on in that world and as we entered this dream I was a private investigator and I was interviewing someone. Now it turned out that this man is the companion of a missing person. The missing person is uh, was as I understood the gay cousin of Donald Duck. So you see in this world Donald Duck was a real, living, breathing creature, member of society, uh, and you know, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, Scrooge McDuck's nephew, Huey, Dewey, and Louie's uncle, I believe. Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse's best friend, or one of them. He was a real, living, breathing creature, and someone, you know, and. And he had, and he had, a cousin who happened to be gay. But unfortunately, that cousin had gone missing, and uh, I don't believe I knew the, the 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 cousin's name. So I'll just call him. I don't know. I'll just call him Dante. How about that, Dante Duck, Donald Duck's cousin. He was missing. And it was my job to track him down. So, the first thing I did was 
look into him, I found out. Yes, he's, he happens to also be gay. And he has a partner. But it's a human partner. So I was thinking, okay, I'll interview that individual and see, see what his deal is. Find out when's the last time he was seen. When's the last time uh, Dante was seen at home or wherever. So I could maybe put some dots together and figure out what might have happened to him. I go to um, Dante Duck's house that he has with his partner. And it's kind of in a backwoodsy type area. And it's a it's a moderately sized house. But the inside is it's it's filthy. It's almost like a, a hoarder lived there and they cleaned out some of the stuff. There were a lot of weird rooms, almost like I don't know if you ever went to Disney World, but when you go into the characters' houses and it's just kind of cartoony architecture and things like that, it's kind of like the decoration the decorators of those rooms were to decorate a real house. If those if those cartoony decorators put furniture and, and all kinds of accoutrements into a real, a regular house and painted that the inside of that house, this is the house that I was looking at. So I was talking to the to the young man that, that Dante Duck had been had been uh with, involved with. And he basically didn't really have any information. He just he didn't know. He was just as worried as anybody else if their partner had been missing. And uh, apparently he was missing for several days at least. So I decided to just kind of look around the property itself. And it turned out that there was a lake in the backyard. I looked around the lake and I noticed the stu- the some of the so I looked around the lake and I noticed that some of the soil had been disturbed around the furthest part of the lake. I went around there to that side of the lake and sort of kicked around in the dirt. And I noticed there was no grass, no uh, nothing, no debris, nothing really over a certain spot. It was kind of a spot that was sort of barren. And I noticed some white feathers that were heavily soiled. At that point, I called the police to um, assist in uncovering what I believed was possibly uh, a corpse. And unfortunately, it turned out when police crime scene investigators arrived, they uncovered the corpse of a six foot tall, at least six foot tall, dead duck turned out to be unfortunately Dante duck himself he was buried out in the backyard of his own home and as they were uncovering his body I noticed a note he was wearing a vest just like old-school cartoon characters do but I have to reiterate to you it, it, it sounds so it's so strange but this was all totally normal I didn't think one second thought about a six or seven foot tall giant duck that had been murdered and was cousins with Donald Duck. So I noticed this this note in his pocket and I pulled it out with a pair of tweezers and opened it up and looked at it. And it was basically a uh, a note written by Dante Duck himself talking about his cousin Donald and he was explaining how he was afraid of Donald because he knew that Donald hated him and Donald Donald Duck hated homosexuality he was he was extremely vehemently against it and what he only thing he seemed to hate more than homosexuality was interspecies relationships so relationship between a human and a duck was abominable in the eyes of Donald Duck. And the thing that apparently took the cake for him was that Dante Duck and his male human partner somehow had a... Dante Duck and his male human partner somehow were able to 
create a genetic offspring between the two of them. And it ended up being a partially human, partially duck boy. And I saw, like, I, I guess at some point, I don't know if I saw a picture or if I saw the boy himself, but it was, it was not a perfect life form. It was a boy who had duck legs and the, the legs were kind of infected and kind of uh, incompletely formed. And it was, he was sort of disabled because of that. And I believe Donald Duck saw that as an abomination. And that was the last, that was the last straw. And for that reason, he murdered his own cousin. That was, um, that was my investigation. The conclusion of my investigation was that because of the offspring, uh, him, him hating, not only hating gays, but also hating inner, inner species relationships and the abomination of their offspring that was genetically spliced with their both of their DNA Donald Duck was so enraged by that that somehow he ended up murdering his cousin and at the end of the day once I I solved that crime in the dream and I was thinking well that's another unfortunate story in this world we live in it wasn't it wasn't a weird crazy thing that the the weird thing was that I was surprised that Donald Duck was had so much hatred in him, which, oddly enough, if there was anyone who would be homophobic or racist or anything out of the Disney character, it would probably be Donald Duck and his and his family. <laughs> so, I really, I don't understand the world that I was in in that dream. It was so strange, but only in retrospect when I was there. I did not think twice about Donald Duck being a real person, nor did I think twice about literally being present as we exhumed the corpse of a seven, six or seven foot tall duck with wearing a vest. He was buried in the vest that he, that he died in. And um, it's just so bizarre. I, I really don't know where to go from there. So I'll just end this video since I've been rambling for 45 minutes at least. And um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's all I wanted to tell you guys as far as dreams are concerned for today. I hope you enjoyed those stories. If any of them made you think about anything or if it reminds you of any dreams that you've had, if you have any ideas about this multiverse thing and when it comes to dreams, I'd love to hear them down in the comments section down below. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're you're taking care of yourselves, taking care of your neighbors, being considerate, being safe with your actions and what you do, how you conduct yourself when you do have to go out and about. Make sure you you do your best to follow whatever the best guidelines available at any given time because those things do change and evolve. At least keep up with that, but maybe try not to overload yourself with too much news because the news is pretty bleak these days and uh, for various reasons not all of them good not all of them legitimate but uh, yeah because there are a lot of people trying to stir fear and and make people scared and make people buy certain things and make people act certain ways i say be concerned treat the situation with due respect but that doesn't mean be afraid and be panicking. Just do do your best. Do the best you can. Because really, really nobody can ask you to do anything more than your best. And I think everyone else, your neighbors, your friends, your family, will appreciate you for that effort. And I know I will. So, I hope you're doing well. Once again, take care of yourselves. Um, if you're listening... Thanks very much for listening. I hope you um, drop a like, drop a comment or two. Start a conversation down there. And uh, I'll be checking on it because lately there's there have been a couple comments trickling in, but I have not been active at all. So, because I've just been so much to do lately and been so busy. 
But uh, if you're still around, thank you for being here. Thank you for support and all the encouraging messages I've been getting, all the people on. If you want to have a little bit more interacting with me and, and hearing from me on a more regular basis, I'm, I do, it's a little bit easier for me to do Instagram posts and Twitter posts and stuff like that. It's not like the big production that YouTube is. But yeah. I hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the rest of your night. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. And hey, we haven't had a code word in a while. I would say the code word for this episode should be maybe, how about this? Let's get a rest in peace for the poor soul of Dante Duck. If you are listening to this message at the very end of the video, type in R.I.P. Dante Duck in the comments down below so I can see you. Thank you, my friends. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Love you guys. Later. Hello again, my dreamers. Mr. X Dreams here. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. Don't forget, if you can, please leave a 5-star rating and review. It would be very much appreciated and it certainly helps out. If you feel I deserve it, that is. Also, if you have a scary story of your own to share, reach out to me at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. You might even hear it on a future episode of the show. Once again, thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you're well. Enjoy your day, night, weekend, or whatever's coming next. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. <laughs>